Hello, and welcome back to the Language of God. My name is Stefan Delacruz, and I am the Friend of God. In this series, I will be sharing with you the Culture of God 101. As I've shared with you in the past, my definition of the word language is this. Language is more than just verbal communication. It's more than just words or sounds. It is the very culture of that people that make up their language. That culture is the way they dress, the way they build their homes. It's their music, their art. That culture is part of their language. Now, there are different languages that don't use verbal communication. One that comes to mind is body language. We are very familiar with body language. There is also a language of love, and a lot of us have experienced that language. In fact, sometimes that language is wonderful. It's called puppy love. It's great. We all just have a wonderful time during that part of that language of love. Have you ever thought about sign language? There is no verbal communication. In fact, these three languages I've just mentioned, there is no words used to communicate. But yet, we communicate without words. So I go back to my definition of language. It's not just verbal communication, but it's also the culture of that people. Now, have you ever thought about God's culture? Has it ever entered your mind? Hey, what, what does God's culture look like? What does it sound like? Would I recognize it if I saw it? In this series, I will be teaching and sharing with you what that culture looks like and how you and I fit in. Now, because we're talking about God, this is a very deep subject. Think about this. How can anyone know what God's culture looks like or even talk about it? Especially when the Bible says to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, No one has seen, no one has heard. It hasn't even entered into the imagination what God has prepared. Now think about that. So the Bible is telling us, hey, you haven't seen this. You haven't even heard about it. And you can't even imagine. So here we're going to start talking about God's culture. And we're going to look into it. We're going to see it and hear it. And hopefully, by the time we're done, we'll be able to imagine God's culture. So we have to finish the rest of this scripture to understand. Now, how can we learn God's language if we have never heard it, if we've never seen it? And especially if we can't even imagine it. So how can we do this? Well, let's finish the rest of that scripture. So it reads like this. But it was to us, that's you and I, that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Think about that. The spirit of God reveals to us, reveals to you the secrets of God, the deep secrets. So the question is this, do you have God's spirit? I suppose another question would be, why would you need God's spirit, right? What do I need that for? 
Well, the answer is this, to learn the language of God, to be immersed into his culture so that it becomes your culture, so that the secrets, the deep secrets of God would be revealed to you. Well, think about this. There's secrets there, but there's one secret I'm willing to bet, and yeah, I use the word bet, that you would love to know, and that is God's plans for your life or your destiny. Because God has everything planned out for you. Everything's already there. Now imagine if you knew that secret. What would you do with that? So why do we need the Spirit of God? To know the deep things, the secrets of God. So we will be starting now with the basic part of God's culture. And I'm going to start at the very beginning. So it's called God's Culture 101. Now, in this series, I'm going to teach four basic relationships found in Scripture. The master-servant relationship, the father-child relationship, the friend-of-God relationship, the bridegroom and the bride relationship. Let me tell you, there's a lot in these very basic relationships. And we have to start at the beginning because how can we dive into the depths of the ocean if we don't even know how to swim? So we're going to start closer to the shore and learn how to swim first. <laughs> so the first relationship I'm going to address is the master and the servant. Now, this relationship can be found throughout the Bible. In fact, today, the servant role has been romanticized, but it wasn't always like this. In fact, in the Bible, servants did not have any freedom and they were owned can you imagine being owned that everything you did, every dream you had, you didn't have a right to just pick up and go and do it? You were owned. You were told how to live, how to dress, and how to behave. And if you didn't like it, well, punishment could be quite severe. Now, if the servant had a good master, then they had a pretty good life. But if they had a cruel master, then their lives were hard. And we're going to look at that relationship, the master-servant or the king-servant relationship in the Bible, and we're going to see how that relationship exists in God's culture. Now, there is also another relationship that we're going to talk about, and that is the father-child relationship. This relationship is also found throughout the Bible. Now, this relationship is a lot easier for us to understand simply because it's straightforward. We've all been children. We've all had parents. And we've all had our experiences of, you know, good times being a child and bad times. So we all have different experiences. And that's what makes this relationship so much easier for us to walk in because we've experienced this already. But we're going to take a look at this relationship in the culture of God, which is a bit different. Because as you walk in this relationship, a father-child relationship in the culture of God, you're going to be speaking the language of God, and you're going to be living the culture of God. We're going to talk about the blessings and the struggles that come with this relationship in God's culture. Now, there's another relationship 
Number three, and that is the friend of God relationship. Now, today, there's a lot of people that call themselves a friend of God. In fact, you can find books written about the friend of God and movies and and stories that are told. Uh, there's websites you can go to that they call themselves the friends of God. And so today, it's it's pretty much everywhere, the friend of God. But I want to share this with you. 30 years ago, that's right, <laughs> I know, 30 years ago, if you had gotten up and said, or just walking around and telling preachers or pastors or, or people of the church that you were the friend of God, you would have gotten some looks and you would have been considered arrogant. And let me tell you, I know what I'm talking about because 30 years ago, the language of God was given to me. If you've heard any of my other podcasts, you will know that when God puts a word in your mouth, you don't change that word. You speak it as it's given. And 30 years ago, the teaching that was going around at that time was the servant of God. And everyone was a servant. Everything you did was serving. If you handed someone a glass of water, you served. If you helped them in any way, you served. Everything was servant. And no one was above anyone else. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just sharing with you the atmosphere that I lived in when God put in my mouth to call myself the friend of God. As I began to learn the language of God, God said, hey, I want you to begin to call yourself the friend of God. And I remember the first time talking to a friend of mine. He was a, an older brother in the church, a deacon, in fact. And we were talking and it came up in the conversation who I was. And let me tell you, when I said I was the friend of God and everyone else around us was saying they were the servant of God, wow. <laughs> Let's just say some of those people never talked to me again because they believed I was arrogant. I had a, a prideful spirit. And um, I remember saying to the Lord, um, you see what happened? <laughs> of course, God's, God knew what was going to happen. But, you know, when you're the one in the fire, it's a little different, you know. And th that's what I was trying to get across to God. I'm like, you know, you're there. <laughs> you're God. And I'm not questioning you. I'm just saying, you know, I'm here in the fire. <laughs> and, well, yeah, I had to laugh at that because I'm like, okay, well, I am the friend of God. But today, people talk to God as they would talk to their best friend or their buddies. Everybody's the friend of God. You hear preachers and on television and, and on podcasts and the radio and in uh, books, you know, they talk to God as their best friend and their buddies. But I want to bring something up, and I'm going to bring something up, when we get to this teaching, the friend of God. Because this relationship is misunderstood still. And the reason is because it's still relatively a new relationship for us to walk in. And what I mean is that we are still learning this relationship the friend of God. We're going to ask this question. Are you the friend of God or is God your friend? That's what the question is going to be. So 
Are we the friend of God or is God our friend? And we're going to look in Scripture and we're going to see that. We're going to speak the language of God as we study the friend of God relationship. Now, the last relationship that I'm going to be teaching on is the bridegroom and the bride. I got to tell you, I'm always excited when I teach this relationship. As I said 30 years ago, when this was given to me, by the Holy Spirit, the language of God. This was the most exciting part for me, the bridegroom and the bride, because this relationship is about a covenant, a covenant marriage. And wait till you hear about the power and the authority that comes with this covenant. That's right. It's fantastic. And as we dig into it and we begin to speak and we begin to embrace God's culture, I'm going to tell you right now, this relationship will change you forever. It's wow. It's just mind-blowing. Every time I look into it and I see the blessings here and the power, literally power and authority that's part of this covenant, it's just so exciting. In fact, Many people today are not even in this relationship because they don't understand God's culture. Even more important to be in this relationship, you must be able to speak the language of God. After all, it's a marriage covenant. So if you can't speak to the bridegroom, guess what? It's going to be a difficult marriage. In fact, how are you going to even enter into that covenant if you can't communicate with one another. So these four relationships I will be sharing in this series. The master-servant, which can also be called the king and the servant. The father-child relationship. The friend of God relationship. And then the bridegroom and the bride, which can also be called the bride of Christ. As we get into these relationships, the one thing that will be brought up over and over is, do you have God's spirit? Remember that question, do you have God's spirit? So think about that as you're driving today. Do you have God's spirit? And as I explained earlier, why do you need it? Please join me on my next podcast as we begin this series, The Culture of God 101. I will be sharing the four relationships found in the culture of God as we begin to walk with God in His culture using the language of God. Also, I'd like to update you. As I work to have more content available, please be patient as I produce and update my website. If you have any ideas to make my website better, let me know. Also, I would love to hear from you guys out there. Post on my Facebook or tweet me. Or now you can Instagram me and let me know if this podcast has been an encouragement to you. Go and enjoy this life. I encourage you to live, break free of the things holding you back and live. Shake off the chains that hold you down. Rise up, dust yourself off and get back into the race. Live again. I give you permission to live again. And remember, you are not alone.